You know how it is? I do know how it how is. You know how it is. What the heck are you thinking? Um, ah, we got the, uh, oh, we got the, uh, the <laughs> timeless parade of, of fire in the fireplace. We've got the endless collage of images through the slatted <laughs> windows. The, we've got the communist party knocking at the door and yet we remain relatively calm even though we needed to use our back scratcher for a moment (laughs) to get things started even with all of these dire factors at play we can still say it's 9.08 a.m. Saturday, July the 23rd, 2022. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane. <laughs> she struck me. I... Me I thought I, something was wrong. Excuse me while I call the police. Um, yeah. Well, it's been a, it's been a what? It's been a a, a luminous and yet uh, challenging week here in Lake Abundance. Was it challenging? Well, it's physically challenging. Oh. It's been physically challenging, but uh, emotionally rich and experientially uh, beneficent. Yes, indeed. Yes. And you can't send it over to me because you've got well, to start. I've, no, i got to send it to you, and then you got to send it back after, after saying <laughs> some see. introductory words of your own. Don't you get the shape of the show, <laughs> Diane? You remember the outline? We went over it. We've been over and over and over. There's a there's segments, you know. I got to toss to you. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm gonna take me a sip. <laughs> and you set up the entirety, and then we get down to ah, ham and eggs. So. Well, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Diane. Hello. You actually went on a sojourn. I did this, this I, last week. I left the cave. I left the the comfort and the and the security of the home ground, of the treehouse, to uh, venture forth to the wild unknown country of Spokane, Washington, to visit my friend Alan, myself and my friend Paul, two of six of what are commonly known as the Fellowship of the Rocks, um, met up over at Alan's house for a couple of days. Alan lives in this little chunk of Eden uh, where these two creeks meet uh, out north of Spokane, and it's, you know, it's unbelievable. Is it a confluence? It's a confluence. He calls it the confluence. That's the name that he calls I it. I love that word, actually. It's a good word. It is a good word. And I've had some good experiences at confluences. I remember sitting at and meditating at the confluence of the Twisp and the Metow Rivers in Confluence Park in Twisp. So anyway, we had a great time. It was me and Paul and Alan and Alan's nephew, Johnny. And uh, we hiked to our original camping spot where the term the rocks came from. And 
We sat in the creek for most of one day, watching the kingfisher come and watching this robin tend its nest. And I had a chickadee land about two feet from me on a branch, and I just kind of turned, and we just kind of stared at each other. And uh, so it was one of those kind of times where things get quiet enough to where, you know, nature starts forgetting you're there. Same, uh, similar experience up on the rock, the original rock. We had one raven circling the whole, pretty much the whole time we were there. And then as we were deciding to leave, there were eight ravens all circling over our heads, just kind of checking us out. So, I don't know. Had some great talk, great food. and um, How does it feel to visit a place that you've been visiting that long? It's, uh, well, it was kind of, it was kind of vivid this time only because a, a fire had been through. So all the trees and the bushes and the kind of the flora of the site, uh, was all turned to charcoal. And, uh, so that was a shock, but the rocks didn't change. For some, it's kind of like the Gary Snyder book as the cricket's soft autumn hum is to us, so are we to the trees, as are they to the rocks and the hills. You know. So it was depressing this time to go up and see it trashed like that, but also to recognize that it's still there. Yeah. And that everything that got burned will grow back, maybe better than before. The the ash from the old trees will fertilize the soil for the new. So there was that kind of uh, symbolism happening. And what I mean is when I get together with these guys, especially Alan, uh, but I mean all of them, Ray and Tim and Paul and Brad, all of them resonate a, a particular kind of uh, personal history and uh, contributive, contributive history because of We've been this group for 40 years. Um, you, get a, you get a sense for what each person brings to the circle, if you want to call it a circle. And so having the input of all these people in my life is a constant that's been there, kind of like the rocks themselves, even though all the dressing and the clothing and the, and the relationships, the outs other relationships and the localities and stuff like that, have been burned and regrown a few times. Yeah, that's one of the things that I love about getting older, actually. Yeah, yeah is you get to feel the... that kind of retrospective memory uh, around uh, the same place or the same group of people or the same person. It's, uh, it's great. For me, of course, it's Cannon Beach, but the last time that we visited, I couldn't stop crying, man. Yeah. You know, for all the memories of... Uh, because that had situations with my family and the family that had now mm -hmm. died, you know. So, but still, there's resonance in places. And it's particularly marvelous when you're having that resonance with people that you have been observing this for 40 years. Right. That you've occupied this locality together. And that it never feels quite right if you're not all there. But 
And I also find it so interesting the way that the the conversations change. You can almost pinpoint them from your 20s to your 30s. To, yeah. you, know, you could kind of say, well, the themes that we were talking about then were these. Yeah. And what we're talking about now are these. And, uh, or, and a lot of them are the same themes, but the, all of the content of the conversation has changed so much over the years. That's what's, I don't know. It's, it's great to be at a point in life wherein you have the time in those moments to notice everything as much as you can about them. Yeah. And really have all of that kind of, kind of echoing around you, uh, kind of minute to minute while you're in that familiar place again. I felt like it was sort of a there and back again situation for you. Yeah, they uh, uh, each of these trips has kind of a you know a journey quality to them. Um, yeah, it's hard to art- articulate all of it. But it's what what's what's really come to the forefront in the last twenty years or so is that it's the gathering of the people. Yeah. To create the experience, not the place you get, you end up or anything like that. But when it comes to the our original spot, it kind of, uh, you know, if we end up back in Spokane in October, we'll go up there again. Yeah, that would you know, be wonderful. Because it's, uh, you know, even to just go up there for an hour, it's not that hard to get to uh, compared to some of the places we've gone where it would take four to six hours to get where you're going. Um, I don't know. It's spatial. It's spatial. I, you know, I've been waiting, you know, to go up there sometime and have, you know, condominiums, have all the trees be gone because there's like a forest and then there's just kind of some open scrub and then there's the rocks, you know, on this, on this long promontory that's above the little Spokane River. And, uh. I mean, the fact that there's an actual trail going to our exact spot now. When we first were going up there, we were bushwhacking, uh, traversing across a hillside and just seeing where we ended up kind of thing. And then every time we went up there, it was like an adventure in finding the rock. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. Is this the one? Are we too high or too low? You know. And now there's a straight shot to it. Now there's an established, like, gravel-lined, you know, kind of how they maintain forest trails with the little crushed rock, the little fine sand. Uh, identifying the trail, all of that is there all the way wow. up past our campsite, and it keeps. So going. when you first discovered it, was it was it a place where people would go, and you were trying to find it, or you just found it by accident? We found it by accident. You might have been the ones that you know were the trailblazers for that. Maybe so. The rocks when we found them had no uh, the. There's a fireplace. That's in a rock, right? This, this hole right at the bottom of where the rock meets the ground and we had lined it with other rocks and put a ring of rocks in the front to kind of hold in the coals and that's where we would cook and that's where we would warm ourselves and you know I mean we've been up there in snow we've been up there and you know and uh, I don't know we had, there was there was no burn marks on the rocks when we first found them we were the first ones to use that spot that, that we could see as a fire pit, so 
there is that sense that we found the place and that it was ours yeah. because we found it. And there was this, there's this flat rock right in front of the fireplace that, that acted as our, like, kind of like our prep table and stuff like that. I, on the other hand, uh, had a very quiet, retreat-like yes. few days while you were gone. Yeah. And I was doing a lot of things around the house that I wanted to do for a while, um, just starting on it, and, and also worked uh, on one of my wonderful uh, tarot assignments. Right. But... Uh, but there was something about really quieting my mind that was, it kind of finalized my entrance into retirement, I think. There was something about that that was necessary for me to be so um, just quiet for, for a few days. I didn't seek people out, uh, which I might have done usually, uh, but I, I just felt like, no, I just want to, spent some time on my own and so anybody who was in my orbit during that time came into my orbit without my invitation yeah. so um i don't know it's very important time for me to have that i think this month is an important time for you to have yeah yes ma'am but the other highlight yes. of the week of the week happened yesterday yesterday just yesterday we got to go see our friend Henry, our 10-year-old adopted grandson Henry, perform in the school play, Beauty and the Beast. And I must say, we were looking forward to it because yes. for me, I felt like, you know, I have not, I didn't have children myself, and so I don't think I've ever been to any performance of young people in in anything oh. although i had participated myself in things like that i was in choir when i was young yeah. and um and my parents came to all our performances i was in ballet you know so um and my brother was in orchestra he eventually was in drama and so i have gone to all sorts of performances as a young person but since I've been older, I haven't had the privilege, and I think it is a privilege, to participate in that experience. Because I've always thought that, just from my experience in going to high school plays, I always thought that the fervent passion that those young people had was, was fantastic for for uh, putting on a performance. And I loved going to amateur theater, actually, uh, for that same reason. So I have done that. But I was very much looking forward to it because we had seen Henry's audition, uh, what he was going to do, yeah. and he was so phenomenal in those auditions, and I was really looking forward to seeing how he would do in the performance. But to tell you the truth, I was not expecting a lot from uh, from the because they they had to put this together in two weeks two weeks yeah so I was thinking how could they possibly you know put on a, a a spectacular type of thing but I thought it was absolutely enchanting it and was. 
And uh, I was riveted from the moment go. It was a truncated form of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, it was supposed to be about 45 minutes. I think it was, it was a little longer than that. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, those young performers played the heck out of their roles. They did. And, and I will just want to say before talking about Henry, <laughs> which we will absolutely do, that I was impressed with the, the costumes and the creativity that went into the costumes and the sets yeah. and the creativity that went into the sets that these young people all participated in. Yeah, and, I guess there were a couple of workshops ahead of time for, for or camps or something for learning about the technical side of things, the, the set building and the costume making and things like that, so... Well, I was observing the, I really was looking at the the sets and how they were painted and how it, how they represented marble and brick. And I just thought, I just wanted to applaud that whole tech side because... Yeah, obviously this is a group of people that got together to do this and they took it seriously from the get-go, you know. And because I'm sure they had a limited budget to right. work all this stuff out with and I, what they did with those costumes was quite amazing. Yeah. But I mean, I have to say, and I don't think that this is a prejudice on our side. We don't think so. Well, I don't know. I don't think so because yeah. Henry was the star of the show as far as I was concerned. Well, he definitely provided the the comic foil to the entirety of it you know and uh, I think I, that's probably why he wanted that role right, he's got right. the comic he's, chops yeah, to do and it. he saw the he saw the importance of that role and how it stands out from the others because the others are kind of they have definite things to get done whereas his character is just kind of the outside of like the like the fool or the court jester or something like that and uh He's got the most physical role, certainly. I don't know how much of that was in the script and how much of that Henry threw improvised. in. Improvised. Yeah, improvised. <laughs> and they, everybody laughed, so they kept it in kind of thing. Um, but that's how school productions can go. And having been in some and realizing how much of it is stuff that you invent. In well, you also you chose the, the comic roles, well, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I always went for we're always going for laughs. Um, I can't remember. I always wanted to try playing a serious part in a serious play, but most community theater. I did a lot of community theater in the Met How too. Um, they're they're always putting on comedies because people like to laugh. Well, people do like to laugh. They do. They do like to laugh. And when you've got that comic, yeah, I'm. I down, look at I look at Henry know? and I see say to myself, this guy is a natural. You know, he is a natural. And so for him, for people like him, the challenge becomes how to channel that. Yeah. You know, which direction to pick. Or do you want to just keep dipping into a several directions, you know. I think that when I was Henry's age, there was, the, there was something that was kind of baked into society that said you had to decide, Right. And all through college, I was trying to decide whether I wanted to pursue poetry or music. And I remember that was a real multi-year str- thing that I was struggling with, you know. Yeah. So, 
because I was getting pulled in both of those directions. And they, they ended up kind of melding together in some ways, but not completely. So they always remained two separate pursuits for me. And uh, for Henry, he's just got talent coming out his pores. And, uh, yeah, he does. You know, he has so many Whatever talents. he tries in the artistic <laughs> realm, he's probably going to get some good response to it. And uh, so, I don't know. Henry, you got, you, got the, you got the chops, my friend. My favorite parts were that I really saw how he had the comic roll down was... Uh, when he was playing Le Fou, and if everybody knows the Beauty and the Beast uh, role, he is basically a devoted follower of this big, muscular, meaty guy that doesn't have many brains, yeah. um, who is the... A little, a little stuck on himself. Yeah, who's was stuck on himself, and he's the, the person who's lauding this this uh character and puts up with a lot of abuse from the character and at one point the character elbows him and henry actually uh did a pretty acrobatic uh role uh, and i just thought wow that he did it perfect timing you couldn't tell that he was actually doing the the that it wasn't a real issue that the guy had uh, or that the character had gotten him off his balance and the other part was when he was in a he was toasting Gaston and uh, went to the edge of the stage and was almost falling off um, losing his balance while he was toasting I just thought whoa this is amazing So we applaud you entirely, Henry. We think you were amazing, amazing, amazing. And, you know, I'm conscious of, for each and every person in that show, whether they're building sets or doing the lighting or the sound cues or whatever, um, it takes a lot of courage to step out that way. Wow. Into a performative space with very little experience at having done it before. Uh, I certainly felt like Henry was the most experienced performer on the stage. And I, what I noticed about Henry is that when the attention was on someone else, Henry was still in character. Yeah, I saw and, that too. And you could see in the other kids, they're just kind of waiting for the next time they have to occupy their character. Right. And they're just kind of watching the other people like an audience member almost in between their own parts. You know, Whereas Henry was always LeFou. And that, that, to me, says he's got a consciousness of what he's doing that exceeds, even just experientially, the other people on stage. There were other good actors on that stage. You could see it. They just had a natural kind of well, hamminess. You need, you need a certain kind of hamminess that allows you to gesture and use your face and all of that right. kind of stuff, rather than just delivering the lines and looking in the right direction kind of thing. But, I mean... Well, you know. I was telling you that there were a few... Uh, few kids in the chorus that were yeah. really doing it royal you know yeah, there's a guy who is uh sort of a milner with a hat and he he was positioning his body and doing all these things i was thinking wow he's yeah. he's got it down yeah. but also the the chorus singing with all oh, of yeah the, that was that was gorgeous was, the music was gorgeous 
and they they blended and they sounded great and they had a choreography i i mean i did not expect any of that and i was just wowed i i was like i can't believe that that happened that way so anyway well it was good that it was a summertime program and so that that was the only thing they really had to focus on and and it may probably probably help them to hurry up the process a little bit um but yeah, I would imagine there must have been some pretty long rehearsals. Yeah. But what uh, what uh, Stefan was saying is that they actually broke the cast up into two groups to learn the music and things like that, which made sense because there's there'd be one set of people on stage and then there'd be another set of right. people on stage, and uh, so that that kind of kind of made it, you know, just work on your own sections. Yeah. Understand how the whole thing fits together, but we just work on your own stage time. It really made me want to go to more productions like that. You yep. know, uh, I mean, Live certainly theaters. whatever Henry's in, we yeah. want to go. But but just any of those sorts of things, because there was a period of time in my life that I was going to different amateur productions of plays. Uh, there was one in particular that I remember because it was the Snoqualmie players, and they were uh, doing Our Town, in this natural setting uh, where we were sitting outside and it was summer and it actually started to rain hmm. and and it didn't matter. I mean, everybody was so engaged. And I think there were 30 of us sitting on these bleachers, you know, um, watching these people perform. But I will always remember that performance and how those people worked that. And it just is... It's quite incredible to watch people who are doing it because they love it, you know, yeah. that they have the passion and they're not going to be the the professionals in, who are really the, the ones that are seen by th- throngs of people. They're just doing it because it's fun and they love doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. We applaud you, Henry, and uh, the whole group there the Evergreen School. That was a yeah. That was a well put together show for as little time as they took to do it. So. So that was that, that was, was a, the week that, that was. That was a big event, you know. I had great conversations this week with uh, people, you know, like Paul and Alan and Johnny, uh, as well as with Stefan yesterday, and just being part of that. I feel like I don't know how to how to be as exuberant as I need to be in a situation like that, but I feel exuberant. I feel honored. I feel uh, uh, respected in a, in a kind of way, and uh, I don't quite know what to do with that, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Yeah. So today, yes, we Diane. have the last song from Gary's Retirement Playlist. Yeah. Wow. And, and then an expansion on that song. And an expansion on that song that I chose that yeah. is really the perfect song of the story of you and me for... for There's a life. lot of songs that are the perfect song for the story of you and me. Though, well, particularly the ones you wrote. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to say that uh, having this adventure of this retirement playlist has been a great gift to me. Um, I was telling Gary yesterday when we were on the phone that, 
you know, I had, since he sent it to me so early and that we could explore all yeah. those themes mm-hmm. that he was, um, that he was introducing about what retirement was like for him. And then realizing that with, uh, I was telling him with the call and response, you know, that I actually heard songs that I've never heard before because I was exploring some artists that I have not yet explored very much. Mm -hmm. And um, today's music was one of those, as Mary Chapin Carpenter. I had heard some of her more played songs on the radio and always liked them, but for some reason never explored her music. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I have friends who were really into her but I don't, I've never done it myself. I watched some of her. She was doing a, I don't know if it was like, she was doing these little short, uh, during the pandemic, she was doing these little short uh, videos on her Facebook page, or shared to her Facebook page at least, uh, which were nice. She was just kind of standing in her kitchen. Her cat cat would be jumping around behind her and stuff like that, and she would just sing a few songs and talk about something. But the other interesting thing for me is I, everything kind of worked out to be played at the right time. Yeah. Um, you know, each song seemed to be illustrating something of the week. Right. And this is no exception because um, when you got home, you were saying, do you realize how lucky we are? And I said, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, because... There is something this week that really made me feel so fortunate uh, to have this relationship that I'm growing old in with someone who is just the everything in my life, so... Oh, 
Just following orders, listening to the voice in my mind, saying, Steer clear of margins and borders. So I wasn't thinking of where we would go on a cold afternoon through the mountains. Up a few hairpin turns and then spread out below The valley appeared with the sun I Elysium I looked out the window And stared at the Where the blue sky and green were colliding I looked back at you And I knew we were sealed By a fate that has ways of providing You yeah, sometimes you get there in spite of the route Losing track of your life and what it's about The road seems to know when to straighten right out The closer you come To Show you the arrows and circles 
circles I drew I didn't have a map It's the best I could do On the fly And on the run Dreams that were tethered Like kites to the ground To the bridges that burned To then turning around It was here in your heart I was finally found And the last 